As we head into the cozy season where all we want to do is snuggle up with a good book and some hot chocolate, I have a great recommendation for a Black-owned bookstore from Decatur, Georgia. Brave and Kind Bookshop is owned by Bunny Hilliard, a Black mom who founded this bookshop with the mission, quote, we are planting seeds to diversify and beautify bookshelves with diverse, inclusive, engaging, classic, inspiring, and fun stories every single day. It is primarily a children's bookstore, but fear not, listeners, there is a great selection of books curated for adults that promote social justice. Instead of going to Barnes & Noble and getting White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo or ordering Our Time Is Now by Stacey Abrams from Amazon, why not order them from a great bookstore that is helping foster diversity for young kids in Georgia? Also, it is coming up to the holiday season, and we all obviously have a great affinity for children's literature, so peruse through their selections of kids' books and young adult works for the kids in your life, or yourself, honestly. That works too. Once again, it's called Brave and Kind Bookshop, and you can find it at braveandkindbooks.com. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials. Arthur seems a little bit condescending towards muggle life, considering the fact that, like, wizards don't use electricity or the internet, and that before they had indoor plumbing, they would poop their pants. <laughs> Gilder Lockhart is, like, a bad guy. I have to respect his hustle for people to... For him to ensure that people buy his books even more is just to be like, now you ha have to make these parents pay for these books. Like, yeah. that's pretty smart, I gotta be honest. Break with a Banshee by Gilderoy Lockhart. Please don't say by Gilderoy Lockhart every Gadding time. with Ghouls <laughs> by Gilderoy Lockhart. Year with the Yeti by Gilderoy Lockhart. And Sleepless in Seattle by Gilderoy <laughs> Lockhart. <laughs> by Nora Ephron. By Nora Ephron. <laughs> So yeah. every every broom could only go that fast. Yeah, it starts. <laughs> the old <laughs> the old broom has to start like a lawnmower, like the <laughs> How do muggles live without magic? <laughs> Arthur Weasley screams as he's cranking the broom. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hurry up! That butterfly's passing us. We better go. Crank it harder. <laughs> Oh my god. Also, what if Holidays with Hags was like just about his vacation to Fire Island? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. Welcome back to yet another episode. Uh, hi, Allie. Hi, Ari. Hi. Hello. How are you? I was actually, I'm just, just looking fine. At, at the back of my book, and this book was $6.99. Oh, the good old I, days. Those 90s prices. I and think, when gas was like $1.29. I still kind of think it's a little overpriced. Well, mine is $10.99, so... Clearly, mine. Whenever mine was published, they had already amped up the prices. This week, um, we read Chapter Five of Chamber of Secrets, which is the Whomping Willow. Sorry, the Whomping Willow. <laughs> um, what is it about? 
Chapter five is Harry and Ron try to return to Hogwarts, but they can't. So they fly a car there and it crashes. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, yeah. What is what is uh, oh, Harry and Ron commit Grand Theft Auto? This chapter is just if <laughs> is the Harry Potter version of Grand Theft Auto. It is GTA <laughs> yeah. Hogwarts. Um, so the start of the chapter, Harry's like, mm, I gotta leave. I gotta leave the Weasleys and I'm having so much fun. I have to say one of the main indicators of like this being a children's book is how much she describes food. Like the fact, and it it was especially like in the first book and it kind of continues on that she just, she has to like, she has to say what food that they're eating. It can't just be like, they had dinner. She has to be like, they had a dinner of a roast chicken and scalloped potatoes. Like she has to be so descriptive about it. And to me, that's just like children's literature. Allie, that's not being descriptive. That's just saying what they ate. She didn't say it was like a dish. <laughs> this I, is okay, but I don't think the listeners truly understand your disdain for co- the food as general concept. Okay, no, but I mean, I mean, like at the at the the first feast in book one, she mm-hmm. lists. It's just like a laundry list of foods mm-hmm. on the table. Yeah, but at the, that's, the great that's like a children's thing. Like, it's not like you would read that in a grown up book. It's like kids like to know that. Because they like to I fantasize. Don't I, don't, I don't know if I agree. OK, well, I remember when I was a little kid and I used to like write like short stories. I would always have them like go eat somewhere and I would be like, and they had French fries and pizza and chicken tenders and macaroni and cheese. And then they also had this and this and this. Cause I was like, that was like the dream was like, you can eat whatever you want. It's like all your favorite foods. Well, isn't like a a part of being a good writer, you're supposed to be able to like tap on all of the five senses for the reader in some way. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that's something that's like really encouraged when you're writing. So I, that might just be her trying to do that. It's like, and I'm going to make my readers really hungry while sure. also wanting to be a part of this magical world. I just only think she does it in specific. I don't think we constantly get barraged with like food. I think it's like the great feast because it's Harry's first great feast, the Halloween feast, the Christmas, like the holidays. Harry's last day at the dirt at the thing because she makes him all his favorite food at the Weasleys. Like I don't think it's like every chapter where like, and then there was a incredible porridge that he had for breakfast. <laughs> I was ju- I was just trying to make a note that this seems to be kind of like a a pillar of children's literature. Talking about the foods. Talking about the foods. Like it feels very rolled sure. doll to me. It does feel real dull to me. That I agree with. That's all I I was trying to say, Adam. I just don't care I don't know if I agree that it is specifically only children's literature. I just don't think I care enough to to look into it. I'm just like, okay. Okay. So, yes. Allie, you're You're right, right, Allie. You're You're absolutely right. right. Thank you. Thank you for just telling me what I wanted to hear, which was you're right. So... that's what I was Bon Appetit magazine presents Harry Potter. Thank you so much. 
Um, who drinks hot chocolate in the summer? I guess. I guess it's to, like. Do you? Do you guys? You both live in in warm locations. Do you drink hot chocolate? No, I don't even want like a I, hot beverage half the time. I don't want hot chocolate when it's warm out, but the idea of a hot chocolate before bed is like very appealing. Maybe they live in an area. I mean, in England, it is like way more cold in the summer. I think I'd have to verify with Michael to make sure. But I think after the sun goes down, it's more chilly. Yeah. So that's my best guess. Well, they're drinking hot chocolate. Okay. So <laughs> they're <laughs> Allie's I, like, cut all this. I, yeah, don't don't include this. This is all stupid. Um, so <laughs> the next morning they wake up, they're all trying to leave the burrow. Um, mm-hmm. why is Mr. Weasley physically carrying Ginny's trunk? Why is he not using magic to put it in the trunk? Great question. I, mean, <laughs> I, I no was idea. like, because he's it says he nearly broke his neck tripping over a stray chicken as he crossed the yard carrying Ginny's trunk. Just use mm-hmm. magic. Maybe it was just light enough that he was like, I got this. Let me try out what these muggles do. <laughs> I would. There is no. If I could use magic, I would be using magic. Like, you know, when Fred and George learn how to apparate and they'll yeah. apparate like down the hallway. Yeah. Me. It's like you your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're trying to leave and then they keep forgetting things. And then foreshadowing, Ginny um, makes them go back because she forgets her diary. Yes. But you- also <laughs> before that, George forgot his fireworks and Miss Weasley was like, sure, let's go back so you can get all those fireworks. I was literally like, what? hold on. <laughs> She didn't you want may. him in the house anymore. I guess, but I was like, no one's like, why are you taking those to school? <laughs> oh, I got my fireworks. Oh, okay, wait, let, let's turn around then. Like, if I was Mrs. Weasley, I'd be like, too bad, so sad, George. I was, there was a little part of me that was like, why couldn't she have just, like, sent them to him? Mail them. You know? Although, he really needs them for the first night. Although Errol is very, very That's weak. That's true. So. Yeah. Errol wouldn't uh, be able to do it. Um, do you think that Ginny meant to leave the diary and then she, uh, cause you know, later in the book, she tries to give it away, but then she's like, no, I need it back. Do you think that think, this, do you think that's happening here? That I don't she think was, at this point I, she I, knew it was bad. I think at this point she still is convinced that this is like a good diary. I think at this point, Joe Rowling wants us to know that she forgot her diary. I think that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I did read that line and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it. It's yeah, it's once again like uh Joe being like, and remember this because it'll happen again later yeah, on. Yeah, she does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the diary has started talking back? Like, started talking back immediately? That I don't know. Or do you think it... It had to have... Well, I think that the ink would have had to disappear immediately. Yeah. I don't Mm, know that it would have written back, but I think that she would have known pretty quickly that there was something more to it than just a notebook. Right. Yeah. But I definitely think 
the piece of Voldemort that's in that diary is like, I got to do whatever I can to make sure she takes me to school with her. So Mm -hmm. let me be real nice to her right now and then start sucking the life out of her later. Mm -hmm. That's my guess. So they they drive to King's Cross and they're running super late. There's like four minutes before they leave. And this is the part of the chapter when I'm just like, none of this is realistic. It's all so stupid. Like, I, I she could have come up with a better way to do this. I don't because in no world do I believe that Molly Weasley would leave her children in King's Cross and be like, you can come after me. Mm-hmm. She this, was, it was yeah. my exact thought. I yeah. was like, there's no way she's letting them be the last two to come in. Yeah. She would make sure that she was the last one to go through the barrier. Right. There, there is no room for her character to act that way. It's just, it's totally like against all of the characterization that they put for her. And like, I understand her wanting to go with Ginny, but she still, she mm-hmm. would not have gone last. That just right. would not mm-hmm. have happened. Um, yep. So I take enormous issue with that. I think it's some bullshit and it's just, it's all around bad writing. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. And, and so then they they try to enter the platform and it's been closed off. They run their trolleys into the wall and they're like, why is it closed? And they're like, it's 11 o'clock. The train leaves right at 11. And Ron's like, ah, what are we going to do? <laughs> and he's like, do you? Ron is all of a sudden Minnie Mouse. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> He's like, do you have any muggle money? And Harry says, Harry kind of like laughs at him. And he says that the Dursleys haven't given him pocket money in six years. And I'm like, uh, Harry, I'm pretty sure they said you have 50 pence piece for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And wow. Ron was shocked at the shape, as we all remember. <laughs> you ungrateful little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I have more travel stories, but they're, I'm a disaster. They're boring. Thank you. I mean, the one that I told was boring anyway, so probably don't include it. I I didn't do a very good job of telling that story. I tried to go on a train from King's Cross and it was just like Harry in the first book. I couldn't find the platform. (laughs) That's cute though. Just include that bit. Yeah. Travel, man. Remember when we could travel? (gasps) What a time that was. Wait, I just remembered. I do actually have a travel story in England. So when I went to England in middle school, we were at, of course, Michael would be like, oh, it's this shopping center. But I don't remember. It was like a very popular shopping center somewhere in England. It's called Walmart. (laughs) Yeah, that. (laughs) Um, Was it Harrods? No, I feel like it might have started with an M, but I don't even know if that's right. Um, but it Maurice's. was like a big deal. Oh, Martin yeah, Maurice's. Super. <laughs> Meyer. It was Meyer. It was Meyer. <laughs> so Ron freaks out and he's like, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, the other thing that I have an issue with is that if it got to be 11 o'clock, And they were like, the train's leaving. And the Weasleys had not seen their son and Harry Potter 
get onto the train, they would have immediately come back out and been like, what's going on? There's no part of me that believes that they would not make sure that every single one of their children was on the train. So I'm wondering if they tried to fix this in the movie and maybe Ron does say this in the book. Do they say, does anyone say a line about like, maybe they can't get back if we can't get through? Because I know that's in the movie. And I wondered if that's what we're supposed to believe. He says the train's left. What if mom and dad can't get back through to us? So like that's supposed to be enough for us to be like, oh, yeah, they're separate. Like they can't. They can't get back to them. I don't know. I just this it's just all very unbelievable to me that like the Weasleys would. I don't I don't know yeah so then ron's like the car (laughs) problem solving ron um so they go to the car and ron's like don't worry there's an invisibility booster why the fuck can you only see their eyeballs like why would (laughs) why would an invisibility booster work on every single part of your anatomy except for your eyeballs i don't i don't (laughs) I did not read it. <laughs> I did not read it that way. That they could only I read it, see each other's eyes. I read it as it felt like all the because you know you're a couple of eyeballs. It just felt like there were only two eyeballs floating in the middle of the street. Not that like he looked over and only saw Ron's eyeballs. <laughs> I thought it was like this I don't perspective. Know. <laughs> I thought I thought it was just that it was like four eyeballs floating in the car. Well, I guess eight, including Hedwig and Scabbers. <laughs> yeah, Hedwig's, Hedwig's yellow eyes in the back. I don't know. Oh my I, god! I have always read it as there being eyeballs floating in the air, and everything. I else never is read invisible. it that way, but I like that way better. Okay, well. <laughs> I like the eyeballs floating idea. How the fuck did they find the train? Okay, this so I and this is what I wanted to talk about because I actually did some research about this. It's an eight hour journey from London to Scotland by car specifically. So obviously the train is probably going to be moving a little bit faster because it has its own specific track, right? There is no way these boys, I know they're only 12, but thought that that car could last for eight hours, even let six hours. Like you're going to have to fill this. up. There's just no, I, I think we're just supposed to believe it's magical. But mm-hmm. when Ron's like, Fred and George flew that car a thousand times. Yeah. And it was like two hours, Ron. It was like a two hour drive. If even that you guys literally drove, like what we're guessing is somewhere between six and eight hours in a magical car that probably wasn't filled up if we're to assume that it is using gas or something else petrol <laughs> petrol to to fly like if that's what we're assuming mm-hmm. no even if it's magical no cuz like what happens is like the car engine dies that's what we're supposed to assume i don't know there's a lot yeah. of i have a lot of questions I really, I do have to say, I really like that the car becomes like a character by the mm-hmm. end of the chapter. Like, yeah. I think that's super fun. Becomes wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes on a personality. 
But yeah, there's no way this car would have made it eight hours through the atmosphere. (laughs) How did they find the train? How did they find the train? Also, the whole train is red. I... We're to assume because it calls it a scarlet snake, a snake well, it, out a metaphor. This <gasps> the smoke that comes out of it is scarlet, scarlet, scarlet. Oh, it's garlic. Oh, I, I must have been reading too quickly. <laughs> it's garlic. The smoke is garlic. <laughs> I don't know how how they're supposed to find this train. There's so many questions I, I have just about doesn't, this. It it makes no sense. And, How, do you they... know, when you think about, like, what, what were you going to say? <laughs> Me? Huh? Yeah. Do I, anyone, I was, anyone. I was just going to say, do, if they're flying, do they even know what, do, like, do they say, is there a line about, like, oh, we have to head north or anything like that? He's yeah, he's he there's a compass that he checks and he's like, okay. oh, you know, we're, we're just going to, you know, do north. We just have to check every half hour or so. They're going, but I yeah, just right. think that Which like logistically right Scotland. It it doesn't make like. I just the Hogwarts Express itself. I and I understand that like magic can hide things, but the fact that there's like an entire train track that would lead from central London to right. Scotland is only used out. twice a, or like four times a year. Like what? Where is it coming out? Where is that train coming out from? I don't get it. I don't get it. There are so many unanswered <laughs> questions. Also, I mean, I had questions about like, well, trains were only invented in like the 1850s. So, like, what did they do before that? They and walked. why did they? <laughs> why they'd all have to fly in their they rooms? They need to travel by train. It just it, there's so there's so many things where when you like start to feel the the ogre layers of it, you're like, what? She just thought a train would be cute. We're gonna move past it. So they're yeah, we'll never they're have the flying. They're flying through the sky in this car. I and don't like. I don't like Ron's line that he says. Like we only have to worry about airplanes. <laughs> I don't like that Ron says that. Yeah, I think it should be Harry, and then Ron should be like, "What the fuck is an airplane?" <laughs> Although I feel well, I. If you're living, I mean, I get it because you could be like Arthur knows planes. He's talked about planes. Blah, well, blah, blah. yeah, but I still feel like you would have to see them regularly. Yeah, like I, I don't think Above that you could live like in the UK and not just like see a plane every now and then. Yeah, maybe maybe they live right by Heathrow. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I just well, I think especially if you're going into like central London to take the train out of there, like you would see you would see a plane. Yeah, I don't know, but they're they're like at, at first they're like riding high and they're like, look at us, we're so cool, we're flying to Hogwarts. People are gonna think that we're like bad boys with a Z. And <laughs> then as time goes on, they're like, oh man, this kind of sucks. There's no one that's like waiting on us hand and foot to give us food and drinks and. It's hot in here and we're bored. What do you think they talked about the whole time? 
I don't think they talked that Honestly, much. They probably <laughs> this just is sat like when we asked like what Draco and Harry talked about yeah. in the Forbidden Forest, and I honestly nothing. nothing. I don't okay, know. okay, they just sat in silence. Um, I think I just, first Harry right, has no personality, probably... so I don't know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> what do probably... you talk about with a wall? They were probably like super chatty and like laughing about stuff in the beginning, and then like after like twenty or thirty minutes, they were just like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's eight hours. Yeah, That's what I'm saying it's eight hours. because I mean you it assume such that a like long drive. If they're if they're riding the train, you know those are big compartments. They can they can go to sleep and like they don't have to like. There's not the pressure of talking to somebody the whole time. But and like there's if just it's more just, people around, yeah, and like you said, a trolley cart. It's just Harry and Ron. What's going on? What are they doing? Do you think they? Do you think they just like opened the door and like peed? <laughs> They, well, they didn't drink. They did. They didn't drink anything. That's true. So they were probably they dehydrated. Okay, but didn't they have something in the morning? Maybe they they left before they went to the bathroom before they left. Maybe they le- maybe they went to the bathroom before they left King's Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Just like peed on a you corner do, on our way out. Ronald, go pee. <laughs> you do have to pay to use the bathroom at King's Cross. So mm. with like coins. Yeah, it's like. 10 pence or something like that. Oh, okay. So interesting. Just so that, like, you know, people just don't go. Yeah. And just, like, live in the bathroom. That was like that in Paris. They Mm -hmm. had, like, singular stalls on the street where you would put, like, a euro in, and then the whole thing would, like, the door would stay locked for, like, 30 seconds. The whole compartment would, like, be spray sanitized, and then you could, like, walk in and use it. Wow. It was crazy. That's cool. That's what we we need right now. We need yeah. that right now. <laughs> but for the whole country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're in the car. They're going to Hogwarts. <laughs> I in the car. As they approach Hogwarts, the car is like, you know what, guys? This is too much. You've you've asked too much of me. I can't keep doing this. And I don't know. The engine dies. It starts to fall. I guys, I'm really sorry, but they would have died. If this had ha- actually happened, I don't care if they're landing the car in a tree. They would have died yeah. in a tree. It's not like trees are soft. It's yeah. not like a tree is. And I just it's a and co- it's an old car. I literally just think we're supposed to believe because it's magical. Like it, I just don't. But there's too many things that I I don't. I need the my questions answered before I can believe it about this car. Yep. And like it's old enough that it probably wouldn't have had airbags. It, yeah, it they would have died. the The book series should have ended with this. If she was going to do this, it's like, uh oh, well, they died. R.I.P. But I will say it is really funny to imagine um, Peter Pettigrew as Scabbers experiencing this. <laughs> because the whole time he's probably just like what the fuck is happening like he's like this is really how i'm gonna go like i've spent my life i've spent my life on the run all these years and i'm gonna die because they flew a car into a tree that i used to be responsible for immobilizing yeah Yeah. the whomping willow no less oh the irony but you know what? He deserved it. He's an asshole. Yeah. Um, so I also want to talk about, too, how much Hermione had to have been freaking out the entire time. From the time <laughs> yeah, that they... she sat with? 
Because she's not friends with Ginny at this point. So like Neville herself i don't know like neville maybe but like if anything she probably just sat in a compartment and read hogwarts a history three times in a row but like (laughs) no she looked out the window she was like anxiously like jittering her leg the whole time like like from from the time that they did not get on the train to being in the entrance hall like i'm amazed that she didn't like interrupt the sorting to be like they're missing harry and ron aren't here like (laughs) yeah maybe she did we'll never know she definitely had to have gone to mcgonagall like first thing Mm -hmm. and been like where are they yeah that's who she she definitely sought out percy and was like where's ron where's harry Mm-hmm. like on the hogwarts express how is there not like every prefect goes around and checks compartments and right. has like a, a huge attendance list and it's like hi first years welcome back everybody else da 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 you know what i mean yep it's weird once again it's just not a very efficient culture no honestly there's such a react they're not proactive they are reactive mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Especially since it's just such a long train ride. Like, it's like, oh, well, if they just don't make it, you know, oh, well. Well, I guess they can just do what they'll do, flu powder, since apparently every every fireplace in the wizarding world is just hooked up to the the flu network. I'll just flu right into the Great Hall. Here I am. Can you imagine? (gasps) Oh, God. They get their trunks, they pull up, and they're like, let's look in the castle. What's going on in the castle? But Hagrid binge drinking. <laughs> Come on, Hagrid. Starting off strong, book two. It, honestly, it's the first <laughs> meal of the year, and you're already getting drunk. I truly did not clock that. That is so funny to me. Yeah, he's drinking deeply from his goblet again. You didn't even mention his wand broke. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Ron? It's going to be a a very important plot point later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. When they uh, land in the Whomping Willow and it starts beating them up, Ron's, well, Ron's wand breaks in half. Are we to assume that he he breaks it when he's, like, hitting it on the dashboard? Or does, does it break from the impact? I think it's all of the above. Okay. D, all of the above. Whose wand isn't was it not, again? Yeah, it's isn't it Bill's wand? Charlie's Bill's old, old wand. Charlie's old, old wand. wand. Okay. Um, when they're watching, what do you think? What song do you think the Sorting Hat sang? There's a snake in the basement. You don't There's know. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. In this, uh, he's saying what? There's a snake in yeah. <laughs> There's a snake in the basement. There's a snake in these pipes. There's a basilisk in these pipes. That's what it's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the monster of S- Slytherin is. My God, what could it be? Yeah. <laughs> Some of basilisk. you will never know. Freeze, um, bitch. We were talking about the wands getting handed down, though. It's, I did I think about... Oh, sorry. I still don't think it would work. I still don't think, even if it is your dad's wand that you're getting, like with Neville, I still don't think it would work the best for you because that wand was still chosen. Your dad was chosen by that wand, not you. So we're supposed Ari, to believe... what bobblehead is behind you? 
Oh, um, from uh, <laughs> is that Joe that Biden? Show? No, <laughs> oh. I wish no. Um, it's from um, Better Call Saul. It's Michael and I's favorite character oh, from that show. Okay. I got it for his birthday. I think last last year, year before last. Michael. Um, um is that the character name? Mike, the Mike. guy, the older mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. But um, yeah, he fit, he broke when we were moving, and then Michael like glued him back together. So that's why he's over there now. Mm-hmm. But um, I just don't think it would work. I think we're supposed to believe the familial blood, like it'll work the same for you. But I just no, it can't work as well for you, even if it was your brothers or your dads. I just don't think that's a good idea. It's a good example of uh, inherited privilege. Oh yeah. That's true. Of like, if you can get That's to true. Hogwarts with your own wand, you'll do better in school than people who don't get to have their own wand. Yep. Which J.K. Rowling definitely had no awareness of that <laughs> at all. Yeah, that was <laughs> not completely unintentional. Yeah. Hagrid's drinking again, and like on. Someone needs to talk to him about this because it's just like, dude, come on. So then they're they're looking and they're like, oh, my God, Snape's not at the table. And they're hypothesizing, like, what could be going on with Snape that he's not there? And they're like, maybe he's ill. Maybe he got fired. Everybody hates him. And then who's lurking in the shadows? Listening to their conversation. Severus Snape. It's Severus Snape. This Alan is, Rickman. Snape. This, this is another instance where, like, for a person who's not supposed to be guilty, he acts very guilty. Like, mm-hmm. he's just... I'm sorry. I'm feeling like I have, like, the burps right now. He's just... He's, he's like, lurking around the corners. He's standing in the dark with his black robes rippling in the wind. And he's like, come with me. And goes down in his creepy dungeon office where he just has weird stuff on the shelves in jars. Like, no part of this is, like, this is a good and nice man. He's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, he holds up uh, the Daily Prophet, which, like, has a photo of them in the car. Or, like, the photo of the car flying. Yeah. Um, Which begs the question. Yeah. Uh, that was gonna. I was gonna say, is it like the hourly profit now? <laughs> they, the minute by minute profit. The social media of. <laughs> so Snape takes them down to his office to punish them, which again is kind of like a creepy sentence. Um, and I, I'm not wrong. And um, he said he acts like very derogatory towards the Weasleys. And like, what does he have against what did the Weasleys ever do to him? Why is he a dick about the Weasleys? Because he is himself like an asshole. Yeah. And he he is like he clearly was a supporter of Voldemort. So it sounds like he doesn't really like blood traders or, you know, what people would call the call the Weasleys. So, like, again, somebody who's not supposed to be guilty acting like an incredibly guilty person. Mm. It's just like he's not doing himself any favors. Honestly, Severus, what? God, it's like try to repair your image a little. Get get a PR person or something. And wash your hair, damn it. Come on. (laughs) So... He's like, if it were up to me, I would expel you, but I'm not your head of house, so let me go get the people in charge. So McGonagall comes in, and she's like, you twits, 
tell me what's going on. <laughs> so they tell her what's going on. And she's like, you weren't thinking at all. You're so stupid. And then Dumbledore comes in. And he's just like, girls, what have you done? And then Harry takes over and tells his story. And then McGonagall's like, well, they're like, okay, well, I guess we should go get your our things. And she's like, why would you do that? And they're like, we're expelled. And she's like, nah. And Severus is like, it, but it, 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 it. and so Dumbledore is like, Severus, remove yourself from the situation. Let's go have dessert. Okay. <laughs> pudding. <laughs> Let's go get Let's some pudding. Have a pudding. And so then um, he leaves and Harry talks McGonagall out of taking away house points from them, which is kind of ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> and then she's like, have a tray of sandwiches and pumpkin juice. Pumpkin juice. Is pumpkin juice really a thing that people drink? It's a thing they sell in Universal. <laughs> I know. But like, <laughs> is that, I'm just like, why pumpkin? She just wanted to be different. So she's like pumpkin juice instead of Probably. apple juice. There's, yeah, there's no way. Because it's, I think it is apple juice, but with like the like stuff you put in pumpkin spice, which is like nutmeg, cart, cinnamon, like that stuff flavored in. Oh, can I just say I had pumpkin creme brulee one time and it was really good. Ooh, that sounds. I thought good. I was gonna hate it, but I ate it and I was like, "This is fantastic." That sounds good. I mean, I yeah. like pumpkin muffins and like things like that, but I'm just like, pumpkin juice doesn't sound very flavorful. So, do we think that the sandwich, like the food that she brought up, was a sheep? Uh, like it was from the feast, and she just like apparated it up from the feast, not apparated it out of thin air. Because we just I had that know. conversation recently in an episode. Yeah, it's hard for food. me to believe that they would have like cold cut sandwiches at the start of term <laughs> feast. So like I can mm -hmm. imagine it just, however they get the food to come up on the tables, because the food automatically appears on the tables. I think whatever mm -hmm. the, whatever magic that they do for that, that's what's going on there. But it's just the house elves made them sandwiches. Interesting. Yeah. The house elves. Yeah. We got a long way to go. Before, we got a long way to go before we even did. I mean, this is just, <sighs> we're just scratching the surface. So, yeah. Um, so they, they leave and they go up to, to Gryffindor and they're like, Oh God, we don't know the password. And Hermione comes to save the day. And she's like, guys, come on. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Also, the password is Waddlebird, which I think is really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's Waddlebird. But what? Wait, what is this? Where are these coming from? Um. So they go into the common room, and everybody in the common room is like, "You guys, dudes, what you did was amazing. This is awesome." And then they go to bed. Yeah. There's um, a fifth year that says good for you. Uh, I would just like to say that for the record, um, when I was in the second Harry Potter film, that was my line, um, but it got <laughs> cut. So uh, that's why you don't see me no. in the film, but I was in it. And that was my line. 
Mm, that was that. <laughs> that my was American my role. accent. Yeah. Good job on you, mate. <laughs> Good for you. you Good job. Cheers. <laughs> awesome, man. I still like after finding out that Julianne Huff was in these films, I still like think that's so funny and, and just like, why didn't I just say I was Julianne Huff? <laughs> that would have been a much better idea. Right there, that little blonde girl. That's which me. one is she? She's I, in. It might be. Is it in this movie or the first movie? It's the first movie. There's a part where she's like very clearly seen in the Quidditch match next yeah. to like Dean Thomas, I think. Her uh, Derek yeah. Huff is in it too. Yeah, but mm. people people just don't care about him as much. Mormons. <laughs> I wonder why. Just One of those Mormons, you know. One, One of those, those Mormons, Mormons, you know. You know. <laughs> You know, some guys just can't hold their arsenic. Arsenic. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. Well, that was Um, great. That's the end. Can't wait for something to happen in this book. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird that I thought it was weird that Snape is doing this like whole bit of being like a priceless tree we have on the grounds. The do you I know don't what know I mean? what that's about. Yeah. Because he knows the history of the tree. I don't know. It, you would think he would be like, that tree needs to go because it, it <laughs> like allowed Lupin to be a werewolf, essentially. That tree's gotta go. That tree's gotta go. It is funny to me. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to the Whomping Willow. But um, yeah. Snape's just a garbage human being who does garbage things. Yeah. Also, I just like I bumped on the fact that like they they it was like they didn't know that the Whomping Willow existed. Yeah. Like the boys, but they had already been. It would be. I just feel like she could have written it where like the boys realized then they had flown into the Whomping Willow, and then like explain it for the audience like later. But it, I was like, why don't the bo- like. It's the only tree that moves on its own. You would think that everyone at Hogwarts would they be like, would know. avoid yeah. the tree that moves on its own. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Because she didn't yeah. think about it. Yeah. Does it, This tree doesn't even come back in this book, does it? That was it, right? No, third book. Yeah. They, but, they oh, do. Okay, yeah, in this book, they reference it briefly. Yeah, they do reference it briefly. <laughs> but like, but, yeah. we actually, like the the tree itself Itself. comes back as like a set piece in the third book that's the next time yeah not in not in this book you're right right Hmm. yeah great Uh, well this was thrilling and by that i mean boring so uh thank you all for listening um we have a review from um, yay john beret ramsley oh jesus a play on words uh, mm-hmm. Five stars, such a great pod. Wow, Adam is so funny. Five stars to him. The other two are fine. <laughs> wow. Um, that's a bold move to do. I, I mean, honestly, that's a little bit rude. I think, I why would you leave a review like that? 
Like, what kind of person <laughs> leaves a review like that and is so fucking rude and ungrateful for, like, what Ari and I are doing that you're only going to compliment Adam? Yeah. Clearly, Who, it's a man. Like, and probably a white man. I don't, I just don't understand why you would even leave a review if you're going to say something like that when this is like clearly a podcast of three people. It was five and stars. They, I understand that, but like, just Adam, do. They only said nice things about you. So of course you're going to like this review. Okay. Like just leave five stars and don't leave a shitty comment like that. That's really fucked up. Like when I you know we that need- we read these on air. I think we need to do the thing that you suggested a while back, Allie, where we well, just maybe they don't delete. know we read them on air because it's been so long since they've left us reviews. <laughs> we delete the podcast and re-upload all of the episodes so that we can get yes. rid of this dumb fucking review. No, yes, we don't. Adam, it's, no. it's such a, it's no, a shitty. We don't need a, to do that. I'm just saying that, like, why would you do that? Well, this, I wrote we tried it. to. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No, it's it's a little it's a little joke. It's funny. I gave us a five star. You wrote this. Yeah, I wrote the John 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 no. Beret Ramsley. Well, I got it right that it was I a white am man. John Beret Ramsley. You're an ass. You are an ass. So it was indeed a white man. Wow. I don't want to do this with you anymore. well listeners that's the end of the pod um thanks for listening as always you can rate review and subscribe any uh as as ali likes to say any of our ratings they need to be how many stars ali five stars only or what or i will personally make sure that you end up being experimented on at the department of mysteries <laughs> she'll avada cadavera your ass yeah all of the above <laughs> um you can find us wherever you get your podcasts whether that's apple podcasts or stitcher or spotify, uh, spotify you know all of those good places um, and Anchor hosts us, so thanks to them. Um, and we are a proud member of the Not A Bit Network. We cool. are. Just kidding. We- <laughs> oh, News. wow. All right. This was fun. Thanks, Sally. Thanks, Ari. Okay. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and, as always, Knox. Not a Bit Network. Find us on Instagram at Not a Bit Network for our other shows.